yeah, I, you know, it's always a train wreck um, when it comes to this show, usually. Nothing usually runs smoothly with our audio. I'm telling you, everyone out there in uh, podcast land, the technical aspects of podcasting is the most difficult. Can be a bitch if you don't really know what you're doing. You would think that it would be the content creating portion where coming up with things to say and keeping conversations going and flowing and all that. No, it is the technical aspects of it all. For us, at least. For us, at least. (laughs) Because Stephen and I can talk all day about things, movies, and just go off on tangents and all kinds of stuff. But having to actually be able to record it properly, (laughs) that's a whole different story. Yeah, I have issues. There was a time where we had no issues. Yes, and, and, it was and a then very it was a, brief, it was a, it was the, the the golden age. It was and a then, brief, uh, beautiful time. Yeah, and then suddenly we started having issues with. I uh, had an issue with my audition program, and then I stopped using it. Started using Audacity, and now and now every once in a while, my computer wants to conflict with uh, using Google Hangout, and it it fucks me up. So I, you know, it's working good right now, you know. Yeah, but. we finally got it, got it working, and. We are back here once again on another episode of the Cinema Discovery Project. Yes, uh, I'm Stephen Billings. I'm Andrew Cabral. And and I think a little bit of housekeeping before we get into our topics. Yes. Um, if you noticed, this past week we did not do an episode, and that's no, we because um, I think for I think for for the foreseeable future now we are going to start doing biweekly. Um, you know, just just to give ourselves a little more time to um, do our research, our proper research. For for right. the first for future subjects, so we so we can be more prepared. It we was getting wanna, a little daunting doing week by week. Yeah, we don't want to rush anything. Um, you know, having to come up with something and then do the research and cram it all in to you know record by Sunday nights, which is when we record. Yeah, I mean, also you know, this past week we had, we took some time off. I had a I had a death in the family. So it wasn't the best time to start recording or doing research and stuff yeah. like that. So Stephen gave me the week off. Or yeah, I was, like, hey, I was, I was going to make him, you know, he was like, I had to go to a wake. And I was like, I don't know, man, we got to do our podcast. That's a <laughs> little know. more important, don't uh, you think? I had to break the news to him. It's like, oh, I got to I gotta go to a wake and I got to go to a funeral. And he's like, oh, really? Come and on, he, what are Andrew's, you doing? <laughs> Andrew's so committed. He was like, dude, I'll still do it. I was like, well, I was nah. gonna do it, but I was we gonna were gonna do, do it. Like, he was gonna do it after, but I was like, nah, man, just take the, yeah, just, do it. After. Don't worry about it. Uh, the oddly, and yeah, it was my grandmother who passed away um, at the ripe old age of eighty-nine. So a wow. really long life, uh, longer than many people get to live. And she passed away, and then we had to wait like a, a while before we could do like you know the funeral arrangements and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because apparently the fu- the one funeral parlor was like booked up for like several days i guess i don't know things like that yeah, tend yeah. to happen and they have to coordinate with the the church and the the cemetery and all this kind of you know logistical stuff so anyway we had to wait a while so you know she passed away on yeah, tuesday and then we had to wait until sunday to have the week and then monday to have the funeral and that was this past monday actually so it is very very current that all this kind of took place, but it's you know it goes by so fast. Yeah. Um. And so I didn't have much, you know, opportunity to do anything when it came to the podcast. Even for even for my YouTube channel, that was all. That's been all screwed up this month in general. But we are back here, and moving on from that. Coincidentally, we want to talk about another you know sad passing, and that is of the legendary iconic 
French filmmaker, one of the founders of the French New Wave, and that is Agnes Farda, who passed away at the age of 90 this a yeah. couple of days ago. Yeah, it's, you know, a rough loss, man. I mean, she was a very much a pioneer um, and had continued to do filmmaking right up until her, you know, the end of her days. I mean, it, yeah, I it, know I, her, her most recent film Faces Places came out, you know, 2017, I believe. Yeah. And that and she made it in her late 80s. You know, she passed away at 90, like I said, and she was one of the last remaining people from that generation. I think the only major figure that's left is, interestingly, Jean-Luc Godard, who is one of the main figureheads of French New Wave. Um, Some people don't like him or like his movies or, you know, in general, but he's the last one standing, I guess, if that's the way you want to put it. But Agnes Varda's films are so interesting and unique, and she was more than just a filmmaker. She was, like, an artist, essentially, um, photography and things like that. She's just a brilliant intellectual human being who apparently was also very, very kind and just, you know, full of life, very jovial. If you watch um, Faces Places, which is actually on Netflix right now, um, you, you'll see that. She was very jovial, you know, in her later years as well. Uh, she was the wife of the late, great Jacques Demy, who was also one of the major figures of the French New Wave. He passed away in 1990, I believe, or 89, no. somewhere around there, at the age of 59, so relatively young. He, I believe he had AIDS or something like that. I believe Ooh. it was. She passed away from uh, cancer, and I didn't even know she was sick. I had no idea. No. I mean, when when um, I heard about it, I was shocked because I wasn't aware of her her health. But if you watch Faces Places... It actually makes a lot more sense. I had not seen the film, sadly, until she she passed away. I watched it a few nights ago, and you see in there that she mentions, you know, her health and difficulty and all of those things that, you know, old age brings about. And it's very surreal and somewhat sad to see that film and then, you know, know the eventual outcome of her passing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her films are not that easy to find. That's the one thing about Agnes Varda. Um, you can find them if you search hard enough, as you can with all films, essentially. I was telling Stephen that. Um, many of her films are on the Criterion Collection in some form. Um, I know there is an Eclipse set that I'm actually looking at right now, which is her, which is, I believe, Agnes Varda in California set. Yeah. Um, she has a, There's a DVD set that I think is out of print. A bunch of her feature films are in there. Cleo from 5 to 7 is another one of her major features, which I believe has a DVD release and I think is having a Blu-ray release. Am I right on that? or am I... I think so, yeah. I, she, I yeah. think she also has some stuff from Studio Canal. Yeah, out she's there. got stuff spread out everywhere. Um, and she did both documentaries and feature films. And she did short films and she did you know feature-length, long-form films as well. Very eclectic. And she was very beloved by cinephiles and filmmakers i know martin scorsese had a post on his instagram page all about her um yes martin scorsese has an instagram page it's a funny <laughs> well, he's a little bit more hip in. than he's a little more hip than other directors oh he's a little more hip than yeah a lot from <laughs> his generation i would say yeah uh, especially steven spielberg apparently yeah <laughs> apparently. as much as i love steven spielberg he's being yeah. a little bit of 
curmudgeon a bit, lately. A little bit of a curmudgeon. Uh, but yeah, Agnes Varda, just an absolute legend and inspiration for many, many people. And she's going to be dearly missed, but her legacy still lives on in her work and all things like that. Yeah. So with that said, we are going to move into our yes. main topic. Um, we decided, you know, we with, you know, coming up, we do have a new release, Pet Cemetery coming out yes, and that kind of you know we we kind of it started to make us think you know we we need to do kind of another episode we need to do an episode kind of focusing on this this growing trend of like reboots and sequel uh, you know sequels and not necessarily sequels but reboots or, right. or re envisions or re redos whatever you want to call them it's um, very interesting that you call it recent trends because if you actually look at it and just very very briefly doing some you know quick Google searches here and there. This has been happening for a very long time. <laughs> Hollywood loves remaking previous films. Loves it. Like, that's the, their thing to do. <laughs> and it the, the train has not stopped, yeah. as they say. And it's not only with Pet Cemetery, which is more, I would say, a readaptation, which is something I do want to get into a little later. But also, this week, the movie Dumbo came out. Disney, once again... Going back to their, you know, vault to get some more money out of us in yeah. Dumbo. Coincidentally, this is one of the longest um, amounts of time between an original work and its remake coming out. I think it's like 80 years or so. Yeah, Dumbo is an old, old, deep, deep cut for yeah. Disney, which is I'm, which I'm really surprised they would go back to it because maybe not a lot of people are familiar with it that's another thing when it comes to remakes or reboots and re-whatever it it tends to be things that people are aware of like yeah. it was popular when it came out or it's in the zeitgeist now or it has a fan base a built-in fan base that you can you can cash in on you yeah. know stuff like that yeah i mean it's obviously with Dis disney's kind of the forefront of this i would say um, right now, right now yeah. they are. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, what's interesting is typically remakes are like in the past they were um, remaking like other people's work. Now studios are remaking their own work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was specifically Disney. Once again, specifically Disney. I mean, that's really the only thing that they do is take things that have already been made, uh, or or you know. They use the same formula over and over again, which is why I would say for most, even though I love Pixar, their formulas are pretty much the same in every movie. They just change the players, um, and you know, obviously, you know, live action versions of their old animated stuff. You know, they keep making these spinoffs and and sequels to their own properties. I mean, it's nothing really truly original uh, anymore. Uh, I would say from them. I mean, yeah, and because I mean, obviously, 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 comic books are also adaptations, right? So I mean, they're adaptations, yeah. and sometimes there are readaptations or reboots, hard reboots, soft reboots. I do want to kind of go into the difference between those two, difference between remake and reboot, yeah. um, because there is a difference. But I do want to get into a little bit of the history, and it, it's not so much like a history lesson, like hey, we're going back in time to this point. I just yeah. really want to emphasize that. As much as we are deriding what um, 
you know, the recent trend, it has been happening for ever in in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, it goes back all the way to the 1920s and the 19-teens. I mean, and it it's typically has to do with remaking films that were based off of, like, book source material, like novels or classic yeah. works you know, of, like, the greats, like, you know... You know, War and Peace or Anna Karenina, you know, you know, big like, you know, literary works. I mean, William Shakespeare, how many times has one of his works been, you know, redone over and over again? Romeo and Juliet, it seems they come up with that that story in different forms, you know, every couple of years. And it's very interesting yeah. how sometimes you'll watch a movie and you'll be like, hey, this movie is a lot like this other movie and it's not necessarily a remake but it's more of like inspired by and i say that yeah. in quotes inspired by and one movie i like to bring up is the movie by leo mccary which is on the criterion collection which is a film that i really like and that is i believe it's make way for tomorrow Mm-hmm. Yes, Make Way for Tomorrow is a film that came out in 1937 by Leo McCary. And then Yasujiro Ozu came out with the movie Tokyo Story in the yeah. 1950s, I believe. And it is something that's very interesting to me because it's not a direct remake. It's inspired by. Yeah, and, but yeah. w- and what I mean by that is they basically take the s- certain plot elements from the this other movie and put it into their movie and it's not considered a remake yeah i mean i mean i think i think that that's one of my it's one of my favorite versions of what we're talking about here the reimagining um yeah that's that's a fancy term yeah the reimagining of something like i think probably the one of the most reimagined stories of all time is macbeth Mm. Macbeth has been used oh, in multiple yeah. different versions. Uh, more, most uh, p- popular version is Lion King. You know, the Lion well, King it, story well, is Macbeth. The Lion King is Hamlet. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry, Hamlet. Yeah. yeah. I think you but, made but, that but, mistake but, but, a few but times. But yeah, I have. I, I For yeah. some reason, I continue to think it's Macbeth. And well, it's, yet again, it's Hamlet. there's so many different Shakespearean Interpretations, remakes, yeah. direct adaptations. I mean, yeah, but, 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 but Macbeth has been redone multiple oh, times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're doing it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing it. The Coen brothers have just casted Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand, and yeah. they are going to be doing a Macbeth adaptation. Yep. And as, or a readaptation because it's been done so many times. Another one is uh, Robin Hood. Robin Hood's been redone uh, a bunch of times. They gotta stop it. They gotta stop doing it. <laughs> Talking, and that's another kind of interesting facet to remakes or readaptations is you keep doing it over and over again to the point where it's obviously not successful. Stop yeah. doing it. Yeah. And I think Robin Hood is one of those. Now, now let me ask you this. Here's an example of a, of a franchise that, in a sense, reinvents itself all the time, uh, every few years, and that's the James Bond franchise. You know what? I was actually thinking of that last night when yeah. I was, you know, what do I? How do you categorize James Bond? Because it's it, there. It's they're not in, a, some some see up until uh, the thing is is up until recently, most James Bond movie James Bond movies didn't weren't sequels to each other. No, they were they, they were just kind of this anthology type of thing where James Bond would get into another adventure. Yeah, and it's not it's not a remake. They're not taking the same story and redoing it. It's not a reboot to a certain extent because 
very often times, you know, it's the same character and sometimes it's even the same villain and, and the same actors and stuff like that. So it could be considered maybe a soft reboot every single time. I mean, you can say, did, wasn't Casino Royale a remake? What, well, didn't they do a version say, of that? Yeah, I'll say it's more of a readaptation yeah. because they did do one in 1967 and I think David Niven played James Bond. Yeah, it wasn't it part wasn't, of the wasn't part yeah. of the official James Bond run. It's not part of the canon, the ones that are you yeah. know, produced by the Broccoli's and all that kind of stuff. But technically, yeah, it is a it is a remake or readaptation. Yeah. And what is interesting is the way in which I consider viewing the James Bond franchise is, you know, they're they're in blocks. You know what I mean? Depending on who yeah. the actor is, there's the Connery. Roger Moore, yeah. very brief Timothy Dalton for two movies, Pierce Brosnan for four movies, and now we've got Daniel Craig who's done a bunch of them. He's I done can't quite count this, them. I think this is his fifth one coming up. Is yeah. this his fifth one? I yeah. yeah 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 no wait no fourth one fourth one no no fifth I would no, say because uh, we got Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Skyfall Spectre, yeah. and then Spectre, and then, and then his fifth one, Untitled yeah. whatever this is. Yeah, the twenty fifth <laughs> one. It's it's a very unique series of movies because they're they're not meant to be serialized, but sometimes they are. Sometimes they're, they're serialized not. in the in the nine uh, in an uncontinuous yeah. way. The the thing with reboots though is like when it comes to soft and hard reboots is with uh, reboots you sometimes you keep some of the continuity and sometimes you don't. Well, yeah, famously with like like a, like Judy Dench's character follows through the Pierce Brosnan time into the Daniel Craig time. Yeah, but yeah. it does like the continuity doesn't work because his age changes. The age changes. The character changes. Yeah, it's kind of I mean? like, weird. Yeah, it it doesn't you know. It's like alternate universes or something. Yeah, it really is. You know? And what is what I would consider a hard reboot would be the comic book franchises that we've yeah, been seeing. Yeah. Batman specifically. Spider Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man more recent than yeah, yeah. any of them. Well, yeah, to a certain extent. But Batman, I like to. You Spider Man's know, been hardly hard rebooted twice. Yes, in the Batman, last in the last five years. Batman, Batman, you can say has been hard rebooted twice as well. Sure, uh, sure. You had, it took lo- it took longer, but I mean. But it, what is interesting though is, you could even say, and this is just going deep diving into it, in. You know, you had the two Tim Burton films, which obviously are connected to one another. But then you've got the two Schumacher films, which look like soft reboots. They are soft yeah, reboots yeah. because they do have Batman in them. You get a similar origin story, but it doesn't carry any of the continuity between one and two. Yeah. You know? And then you've got Christopher Nolan's thing, which is a hard reboot, which, you know, you, they throw away all of the previous stuff. Yeah. It's a completely new interpretation of the character, of the world, all of those things. And then you've got the current DC crop of movies version of Batman, which, yet again, hard reboot, takes away all the stuff that was done in Nolan and all the previous stuff, throws it all in the trash. Yeah. They go their own way. And Spider-Man is the same way. You've got Sam Raimi's three movies. Yep. And then they throw away all that. You got the two Mark Webb movies. They threw away all that. And then you've got now the Tom Holland stuff. And who knows if they're going to. Who, who knows how long way. that's going to last? Yeah, because I'm not sure 
you know, the way the contract is set up between Sony and Marvel, how many, you know, let's say they get Tom Holland, like Sony wants to make their own Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Do they keep the continuity from the MCU or do they soft reboot it, take some things like take Tom Holland, take, you know, Marissa Tomei as his, as Aunt May and they do their own stuff, soft yeah. reboot. You know what I mean? Whereas remakes are a lot more like hard rebooting, but they're hard rebooting by taking all of the elements of another movie and reinterpreting it in their own kind of special way. Yeah. We've seen that. That's the more commonplace thing of remakes. You know what I mean? Um, some some of the great you know remakes of all time have have some of the great films. I would say, or at least some of my favorite films, have been remakes. And yeah. a lot of people like to deride remakes, saying, "Oh, they're never as good as the original," or, you know, whatever. You know, but a lot of people don't realize that they are remakes. For example, um, the Fly, David Cronenberg's The Fly. Yeah. That's a remake. It's one of the film. best ones. One of the best ones. Um, Ocean's Eleven, Steven Soderbergh remake. I, I pretty damn good. The pretty thing, good John one. Con- uh, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of that. I like it. I like they're, it. They're For fine. A heist film, they're fine. It's pretty great. The first uh, one's the, good, the, yeah. Yeah, the sequels. Uh, that's a that's a question for a different time. Um, but the thing, I just my my thing is is with with heist movies, you know, right. set for the exception of Heat, because Heat has a yeah. lot more going on in it. Oh, um, yeah. That particular type of heist movie that Ocean's Eleven is is not as rewatchable for me. I don't find it as as entertaining yeah. uh, as I did when I, I first saw. I can understand that. Yeah. Entirely. Um, but uh, the thing, John Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even Monsters, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then it was remade again. <laughs> it was, you know what? That's weird because the thing, the one they did from 2011, was yeah. actually like a prequel to the thing. It was showing the other base where that dog came oh, from at the beginning. Well, see, I've never seen it. I thought it was oh, just a remake. Okay. You don't have to watch. It. I just told okay, you good. what the premise is. Good. <laughs> um, and then like, but what's kind of cool when you're watching it because you want to see like how does that line up with maybe certain things from the original the thing movie or you know what i mean yeah. but anywho so we, we also have like cape fear by martin scorsese that's yeah. a remake great film as you said we were talking off cam uh infernal affairs departed yeah departed i mean martin scorsese i guess has done that more than once <laughs> yeah yeah um scarface one of the most popular probably pop culture referenced movies of all time yeah. is actually a remake of a film from the 30s called scarface um yeah, 310 to Yuma, which is a That's great, a good one. Yeah. Which is a real invasion of the body snatchers. That's been which, done a couple of times. That's been done a couple of times, and it's also been like reinterpreted in different forms. Yeah, they did Invasion. It was called they Invasion. They did do Invasion. I mean, what's the movie I talk about all the time? The Faculty. The Robert Faculty, Rodriguez, yeah. The Faculty, so underrated. That's Invasion of the Body yeah. Snatchers. I mean, they've, they've remade Little Shop of Horrors. Um, if you want, and, and something that goes into kind of a different realm of remakes is remaking foreign films into you know English language films American which is one films. I already kind of hinted on which was Infernal Affairs. yeah you did do that already. and they did all the hor- they did the horror mo- you're talking like the horror movies horror movies they've done that a lot there have been a lot of horror remakes like um, uh, uh, Let for, the Right One In yeah well, you Let the Right One In was turned into Let Me In um, even stuff even when it comes to horror even stuff like Dracula has been yeah. redone many, many a times. A bunch of times. Yeah. It's been, you know, 
It's been spun it was, off. It was ripped off way back in uh, with Nosferatu. Nosferatu. <laughs> what is interesting is when I was looking up like a lit, you can look up an entire list of remakes, you know, in alphabetical order, A through Z, and they didn't. And when I got to Dracula, they didn't have they didn't have Nosferatu in there as 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 a remake. Because I guess technically I, it's not. It's not spun. It's it's. It wasn't, but I mean, they were obviously doing yeah, it because they, they couldn't it was, do Dracula. Yeah, they yeah. were they were doing it when they they shouldn't have been doing it. Yeah, I mean, they 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 had to pay the price for that. But yeah, the original, let me see, the original Dracula film, you know, Todd Browning came out in 1931. That's the Universal Monster. That's the one everybody is aware of. That is a loose ad, uh, adaptation of the Bram Stoker story. Yeah. But then there was one in uh, 1958. By director Terrence Fisher, there was one in 70, 73, 77, 79, 92. And then, th- and then there was also, wasn't there the Hammer movies? Didn't they do yeah, some Dracula? Yeah, what's interesting is they don't even include the Hammer movies because the Hammer movies just took the character of Dracula and went and did their own stories. Yeah. They're not like, they're, they're, not, not, adaptations. A, they're not adaptations of real stories. They're not adaptations yeah. of the Bram Stoker thing. They're just making up their own crazy, wacky stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's, that's Hammer horror in a nutshell. They just... They were. Uh, they just took Frankenstein and Dracula, and they did whatever the hell they wanted. That was Christopher, Christopher Lee, right? Did yes. Did he play Dracula? Yeah. Yes, he did. The late Christopher Lee played Dracula. I told you, you also had Peter Cushing in there, who played um, Van Helsing a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, he also played Doctor Frankenstein a few times as well. Um, yeah, that's a whole different can of We got into that in a little bit in our um, horror our episode. horror episode where we got went through the whole history of horror. But when it comes to like four, but when it comes to foreign films, uh, a couple that pop off in my head, um, Seven Samurai has been uh, readapted into the Magnificent Seven, yeah, which in turn has had its own remake as well. Most recently, Antoine Fuqua remade that movie. So I will. I think I said it in my review that the Magnificent Seven, the most recent one, was a remake of a remake. That was an adaptation. That was a remake of the original, something like that. It's a reinterpretation uh, of the. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And then you have um, the spaghetti western, the first one, in for a few, not for a few dollars more. A fistful of dollars is Yojimbo, yeah. the Akira Kurosawa film, which is you know, which is you know, famously Yojimbo stars the great Toshiro Mifune, and then. Um, Fistful of Dollar stars Clint Eastwood, who is still with us, of course. Um, you've you've had a bunch of things like that, which are very interesting. Um, one of my favorites, um, The Birdcage, uh, the Michael Nichols uh, yeah. film from the '90s, is a remake of a French film, La Cage à Folle. Um, it's a you know it's a fantastic film, and these go on for a while. I mean, and a lot of them, and some are good. And some are bad, and some are just unnecessary. Yeah. And it's all really up to uh, people's opinion. <laughs> it really is. It really is up to what we, you know, well, what you like, what you don't like. You know, are you a purist where you only stick with the originals, or are you are you a little more, you know, accepting of, you know, different versions of something? And how do you evaluate? How does one evaluate, you know, a remake? You know what I mean? That's I think that's one of the toughest well, things. I, yeah, I mean, I guess that's something we can we can. I mean, like for me, criteria of of what I want to see in a remake is unless and 
I want to see if they're going to straight up remake something, they need to bring something new to the table. Um, I would prefer, I mean, this is something that's brought up a lot is why don't they remake more movies that didn't work the first time and make them better instead of just remaking something that was already good the first time. Right. The big answer to that is money. It's it's branding. (laughs) They want to already, they want to remake it because of money and not because of let's make a better movie. Yeah. No, they want to make it because of the recognition of the property versus artistic quality or merit or, you know. But there, there of course, is exceptions to that. Like like we said earlier, The Fly. Uh, I mean, the original for its time was was good, but he brought something different to it in the the remake that that made it unique and 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 better. So. I'll say this, though. We talked about Nosferatu. Nosferatu was remade in 1979 by um, Uh, Werner Herzog. And I would say that movie is really, really good because it is able to do things the original couldn't do. Yeah. And and also Werner Herzog is his own unique type of director or auteur that he's able to, you know, put his stamp on it like Cronenberg did with The Fly. You know what I mean? You couldn't do the things that he did in the 80s. You couldn't do in the 50s. Oh, no. All that, all that body horror and all yeah. that freaky, disgusting stuff. You couldn't do that, and I mean, and and and, then, also, yeah, and, no. and now and now they're supposed to be remaking it again. <laughs> I did hear that. And I'm yeah, like, Why? by the guy uh, Ro- Robert uh, Ro- uh, Roger Eggers that did uh, oh, the Witch. Okay, never mind. I then. think it's supposed to be doing it. Robert Eggers, yeah, the yeah. guy who did the Witch, right? Yeah. Okay, never mind. Then I take back what I just said. There might have been somebody else. There might have been somebody else that's talked about doing it, but I remember them talking about him doing it. Okay. So. If it's, if, okay. Okay. That changes things a little bit. Um, then there are some remakes that are straight up. Why? And I think a lot of those are the shot-for-shot remakes. Oh, we already know where you're going with this. And I'm like, yeah, Psycho. Psycho. Ah. Uh, 1960, Alfred Hitchcock, classic, all-time classic movie. And Gus Van Sant decided to do a shot-for-shot remake of it in 1997. And I don't know why. I don't understand the purpose of that. It's not like it was a movie that... It's not like it was a movie that didn't hold up. You know what I mean? Like it's like, like it's you, like it's like he's trying an exercise you try in school and not as a feature film. Yeah, it's like I understand that you want to, you know, pay homage to one of the greats or, you know, walk in the footsteps of one of the greats or or whatever, pay tribute, all that stuff's good. But I mean, you can do that in an own original film and not necessarily, you know, just re-adapt, remaking it you know, beat for beat. Yeah. And not even so beat for beat. There's some things he did in the film that the original only hinted at yeah. that made that made it better. You know what I mean? You know, the, the whole idea of, um, you know, um, Norman Bates's, you know, his, his psychosis, his whatever, when he becomes the mother is triggered because of some type of sexual desire. You know, yeah. in the 1997 movie, they make that more explicitly obvious, and you didn't need to do that. We already on we could put the pieces together, yeah. and there are things like that that bother me. But then there are other movies that are pretty much shot for shot remakes that do work, and and it kind of negates what I just said. But um, Funny Games, Michael Haneke's Funny Games, yeah. which he I think originally had his original film was 97, I think, or 98, yeah. somewhere around there. And he remade it in 2005 with uh, Naomi Watts and Michael Pitt is in that film. 
Um, and it's it's a great remake. Um, the great Alfred Hitchcock did the same thing where he remade his own film, The Man Who Knew Too Much. His original came out in, I believe, 1934, starring Peter Worre. And then I think he did another one in 1956, starring Doris Day and Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. And they are pretty much shot-for-shot remakes. Yeah. And but but they work, and some people do prefer the original, which I'm kind of one of those people. I know um, the great Guillermo del Toro is one of those as well, where he's like, where he really likes the original versus the remake. Uh, but I think they're both quality films. Yeah, he also kind of remade Thirty Nine Steps. Yes, he did with North by Northwest. North by Northwest is basically you know his remake of. 39 steps it's not as not as it's not as paint by numbers uh, no. remake, but it's but it's definitely still the same it's more expansive because i think yeah. you know you're talking the 39 steps is the difference between yeah just star power versus no not star power one's in color you know one's you know, in yeah yeah one's in like glorious like panavision widescreen technical yeah. all that good stuff and the other one is not coincidentally, the Thirty Nine Steps was also remade straight up. <laughs> like <laughs> they re- um, in nineteen fifty nine, uh, director Ralph Thomas remade the Thirty Nine Steps. Simply titled, simply titled it the Thirty Nine Steps. Um, Alfred Hitchcock's other film, uh, the um, the one with the train, the train. Oh, Strangers on a Train. No, no. Well, that one's been done a few times too, but it's been kind of. Um, you talk about um. You're talking about um, his one of his early ones. Um, yeah. Why am I blanking? I'm oh my blanking God. myself. Why am I blanking? Oh, I'm gonna get it in like three seconds. So. Ah oh, man, I need to get it before you get it in three seconds. Oh. oh. oh, oh, oh. Uh, Lady vanishes. Lady vanishes. <laughs> I got it. Beforehand. I was gonna say the train vanishes. Yes. That's not the movie. <laughs> Uh, Lady Vanishes has been remade a few times. Yes. His early film, The Lodger, I think, has also been remade. I mean, you're get, you're understanding the trend I'm going for here where... Well, know, are we not going to say this? I just beat the computer. I just oh, beat the computer. you beat the computer. You did. I did, um, yes. And there's been... <laughs> <laughs> you you have beat the computer. Um, <sighs> there, there, And like you said, there are films that probably should be made, remade, that haven't been remade yet, yeah. and there are some, um, there are some, other, and then there are some others that they were remade, but under different titles, which yeah. I always find fascinating. Like, because the, I guess these aren't quite remakes; they are, like, you know, just re re cash grabs. <laughs> Not cash. <laughs> like, uh, um, like uh, the Hitman see, uh, remake. Yeah, I you know, guess like so. they kind of redid it, and they called it Agent Forty Seven. Yep, my, with yep, a different yep. actor and a different, you know. Yes, they have, and they've done this a few times. Um, I'm trying to look up one now. A lot of these are the same. Um, there was one that I saw. Actually, I'll pick this one out. This is a good one. Where are you? I saw you. I'm actually looking at the whole list right now. I'm gonna beat the computer again. Uh, it is. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, there it is. Um, Destry rides again. Which I, I believe that. was a a western from the thirties was remade in nineteen thirty nine. Like they didn't even wait. <laughs> like they didn't <laughs> even wait. And then it was remade again in nineteen fifty four, just called Destry. 
Hmm. Very interesting. Um, a lot of these are straight straight up, but there are a few... I mean, like, for example, Freaky Friday. The movie Freaky Friday, original was in 76, and they did one in 95, 2003, and 2018. All the same titles. I like, yet again, it's that brand recognition. And I noticed that they kind of keep that same name for big literary titles that are getting another readaptation. Yeah. For example, The Great Gatsby. There was one in 1926, there was one in 49, there was one in 1974, which I think was written by Francis Ford Coppola, there was one in 2000, and there was that 2013 Baz Luhrmann film. All of them have yeah. the same title, The Great Gatsby. So when you're, when you're going on IMDb and you put in The Great Gatsby, you're going <laughs> to get like all of these different ones. So you got to know which one you're talking about. And it's just incredible how they just kept doing that over and over again. Like, I'm looking at The Hound of the Baskervilles, which is um, Sherlock Holmes. You know, yeah. it was written by the original author, Arthur Conan Doyle. You know, 1937, 1939. They, didn't, they waited two years. Wow, what a big, what a big wait. Um, and they did one in 59. I think that was a kind of a hammer horror one, 78, 82, 2002. You're, and you're seeing some of these dates go way, way back to the the 1930s and yeah. it's really really interesting to me uh jane eyre another one charlotte bronte literary novel first one was in 1934 the most recent one was 2011 every couple of years they just kind of keep refreshing these so that i guess so we don't forget about them or yeah. like they want to see what type of you know feelings they can get from it <laughs> i i guess uh, it's really, they think that they can make it for the next generation and, and i that. guess so. you would think it would be something like that and and i know for example uh, little women is another literary book that that's been done numerous times and it's getting yet again another interpretation recently um the original was in 33 directed by george cukor uh, there's one in uh, 1949 by Mervyn Leroy, and there's one in 94, which I know a lot of people like by Gillian Armstrong, and it's getting another one directed by Greta Gerwig, I believe, yeah. yep. coming out this year. It's got a good cast, year. too. It yeah. has a great cast in it, and that one's getting a re getting a redo. And this is kind of going to bring me to another point that I've been just thinking about in my head, and I want to see what your take on this is, Stephen. Remake versus readaptation. Is there a difference? And if so, you know, how minute is it? And Because I've, I've been bringing up a lot of literary works because if you look at the history of cinema, like we have here on the uh, Cinema Discovery Project, um, a lot of movies are based off of books, novels, short stories, comic books now, whatever. Do you... Cons what for example, let's say, uh, I mean, Stephen King right now, he's hot. Yeah. Right now, he's hot. Coming out with It, we just talked about Pet Cemetery. Uh, they remade Carrie a few years ago with Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, I consider all of the stuff we're getting now of his work to be readaptations versus remakes. Yeah. And I would say that they're different because the It movie that came out a few years ago, and the movie we're getting this year is not a remake of the one week of the movie yeah. TV movie. It's we not got in taking its creative license from the movie; it's taking no. it from the book. And I know some people 
have said and will say that, oh, did you see the new It remake? Or, yeah. you know what I mean? Or, oh, that It remake is fantastic. Or, you know, Pet Cemetery is coming out. I can't wait to see that remake because I like the first one. Yeah. What are they going to do differently and whatnot? And to me, I'm like, it's not quite a remake. But yet again, maybe I'm just being weird like that. Well, I mean, because I'm getting too, like, technical with the terminology. Yeah. Well, and then you can take something like these recent uh, live-action versions of these animated movies, and they're kind of remakes of the animated movies. Those aren't remakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even Beauty and the Beast, which is originally a an adaptation of, you know, that French novel, it... The, the movie we got, the live action we got, isn't a readaptation of that novel. Of that it's a novel, no. It's... It's, a re- it's a remake of the adaptation of the novel yeah. that we had gotten back in the early 90s. Yeah. So there's all the kind of these different terminologies, which I know some of these terms are interchangeable, but I think it's important to distinguish what they are. Yeah, because because we have this big discussion right now about yeah. what thing, what is live action and what is not <laughs> with this Lion yeah, King yeah, movie. Yeah, to a certain extent, and and... Some people also, don't like to. I, some people don't like to talk semantics. Uh, I like to get things cleared up um, when I talk about yeah, them. <laughs> I think it's important, especially when you're talking about evaluating these things yeah. on a you know a cinephile level or movie critic or things like that. You have to understand that when you're reviewing um, Pet Cemetery, that don't compare it to the movie that came out you know 30 years ago or whatever, yeah. because it's not trying to remake that it's trying to re-adapt the novel yeah. you know what i mean if anything compare it to the novel instead and even then i don't think you should because it's it's two different mediums the things don't translate directly from one medium to another we talked about that when we did our um our tv show episode yeah. a few uh a few week a few weeks ago when we talked about you know how movies being adapted into tv shows are completely different mediums and yeah. you could do things in one you can't do them in the other so it's not fair to compare the two yeah that's that's my whole thing on it and and it's it's interesting that those things are starting to come up now um do you want to talk about maybe some of your favorite uh remakes or readaptations oh we've kind of we've kind of hinted at some of them uh you know i think the departed is is a pretty for a, a, a movie that's already good, and then right. to remake it and make a best picture winner, you know, I mean, it's a it's a it's a good one. Um, right. So you're not going to go with uh, 2005's House of Wax as one of your favorites. You know, I was just gonna not say that. Okay, um, good, good. Yeah, uh, another one from 2005, The Fog, from the yeah, based on the original. Not, not the greatest. Um, not either. one of your favorites. Okay, I see. I see where you're going here. I mean, I, I mean. I, I guess you. I mean, with our semantics here, you know, yeah, like no. I said, let let the right one in. I I did like mm. let me in, um, which is kind of a re re more of a reinterpretation, I would say, because right. because the, it's not exactly like the let let the right one in. Uh, it's a little different, right? But but it's and, it's still pre- pretty close, right? And I, I, yeah, I like that one. Another one that's kind of one of my favorites, um, the Maltese Falcon. People don't realize this, but the Maltese Falcon was. I think redone twice, you know, um, not redone, but it was, it was, the book was adapted twice in the thirties and they both like weren't, um, weren't good. <laughs> you know what I mean? The one that was remembered is the one with Humphrey Bogart, Peter Laurie, Mary Astor, uh, Sidney Greenstreet, 
who may or may not be the inspiration for Jabba the Hutt. That's kind of an old, <laughs> that's kind of an old trivia thing. I like to think about um, the Italian job is a cool remake. Um, you know, ugh, some of these down here going in 60 seconds. I think there's is a lot uh, of fun. There's the killers remake. Yes. Yes, there is the one by, yeah, there was one by Robert, uh, Siodmak, Yeah. And the other one is, I don't think what's crazy is it came in a two pack with in the criterion um, collection with, yeah. in the criterion collection. Um, and I don't think I've, I don't think I watched the second one. The one, second one was directed by Don Siegel. Yeah. And it's actually, the story was written by Ernest Hemingway. Very interesting. And the one from 64 stars Lee Marvin, Lee Marvin, Andrew Dickinson, John Cassavetes is in it. Very interesting. Oh, Ronald Reagan's in it. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Hell yeah. The, the actor? <laughs> <laughs> the actor, Ronald Reagan? <laughs> uh, uh, that's a reference to another movie. Yeah, it is. Uh, to Back to the Future. Yeah. No, I think they'll ever talking. remake that one. Oh, man. I guess when Zemeckis dies. Apparently, that's the only way that's going to happen. That's the only way it's going to happen, apparently. I would bet on a sequel or I would say, not even, yeah, if anything. I would, I would much rather them do what they're going to try to do with the new Ghostbusters, which is what they should have done originally, which is continue it without, keep keep the history yeah. and continue it in some way. Well, you know what that is? Then that would be. That would be a, a, so, a soft reboot. Yeah, a soft reboot. What Coincidentally, you bring up the Ghostbusters and one of the pushbacks of you know, that Ghostbusters film from a few years ago, uh, other than the just huh, rambunctious misogyny that exists on the yeah. internet. Oh, yeah. Uh, that They doomed that movie before it even came out or before we even saw a trailer. But anywho, one of the, one of the I could say, more credible pushbacks against that movie, if you want to say that, is that it was a hard reboot and it wasn't within the world... They wanted that they wanted the, they wanted the fans to come see this movie, but then they neglected the fan the, everything that the fans loved before. That's <laughs> yeah, and that's something where like you know you get into the whole the whole gatekeeping controversy and all that kind of stuff. Like there are people who you know steadfastly will not ever you know will, you know let anything go by that's not what what they consider canon or yeah. real or whatever. And that gets, and that's a very dangerous thing to do because we're seeing it now within the Star Wars universe, where you can't have any type of new interpretation of old things because there's such a staunch hold on on this lord or this canon, which to me has always been fluid, to the point yeah. where it's always open to different avenues and different ventures and all that kind of stuff. This is about to devolve into a Star Wars discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, you got to bring me back to the light. I, yes. Uh, uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Um, interesting. Very interesting you bring that up. Jurassic Park, from, not Fallen Kingdom. Let's throw that in the trash. Jurassic World. Jurassic World um, is basically... A, a hard reboot. A is it though? No, it's a eh, soft reboot. It's a soft. It's a reboot. soft reboot, but it's om- But it's a remake of the original. It kind of is a remake. It's kind of ripping the off the same premise. Is the yeah. and, and and that's one of those things where is it a remake? Even though it's technically also a sequel. It's Can like it the alternate reality of the first movie. Like, what if the park actually worked? 
But yet again, it references everything that happened in that first movie. Like, it takes place in the same world. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It, 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 it Just a, 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 an like alternate circumstance. Right. Where the, where mean, the park actually works You know, Jurassic for a minute. World Fallen Kingdom is pretty much a remake of Jurassic uh, Park Lost, Lost World Jurassic Park. Yeah. It takes the same plot elements same story beats so do we consider it a straight remake is that its intention to be it's a, a reinterpretation of an interpretation i i guess <laughs> but, and here we go again jurassic park is based on a novel right so yeah. jurassic the original jurassic park is an adaptation and it's in could you could say that jurassic world is a remake of the adaptation, <laughs> you know what well, I mean. Well, it's an it's an, it's inspired by the characters of Jurassic Park. Right, right. That's what I they mean, would always say. it'll always say that in the credits. I mean, like they it's, literally. This is inspired. I mean, spo- spoilers for Jurassic World if you haven't seen it. They literally go back to the original park that's in the first yeah. movie. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious what they're doing yeah. here. I mean, it doesn't take a a genius to figure that one out. Um, and it's it's very interesting when you go down this world and you realize how much of what we consume is stuff we've already seen before and we're just kind of unaware of it open your eyes people <laughs> open your eyes you're being lied to you, be, uh, you keep getting fed the same shit like we, like we just said like there are movies that are not really remakes but they technically no, take that's what the I, same what elements. i said about pixar i, I think pixar yeah. as much as i like their movies a lot of their stories are kind of like re like reimagining of the same formula over and over again I mean, and, you know, characters kind of fill in the same, the same, uh, you know, roles in different movies, you know. I, I could get deep in it. Maybe we'll go deep into that one day, and I can give you oh, examples. Yeah. I mean, I have, yeah, there's a couple of Disney things we can dive into. I mean, I always wanted to dive They're into... They're going to take over the movie world anyways. So I mean, it's going to be the only well, thing. It's going to be well the dis- only yeah. film company eventually. We well, might so, as well uh, dissect them. I mean, yeah. might as well open them up and see what's underneath the hood. Yeah. I mean, I always, I like, uh, I've always wanted to do this episode where we talk about old Disney versus new Disney and the radical difference that it is, <laughs> like aesthetically. Not as many penises tonally. in the background. No, no. That's no, one of the no. differences. But I meant more like going old, old school. Like I'm talking like 70s and 80s Disney. Versus '90s like prime time golden age Disney yeah. and like how did we get from there to there? Like how did we go from making like the Rescuers to making Beauty and the Beast? You know what I mean? Like yeah. what changed? How, how did we get? I there? guess you could say technically it was uh, it was Little Mermaid that was the yes. the comeback one. Yeah, that is the one that starts it all. Um, coincidentally, Little Mermaid is an adaptation of a Hans Christian Andersen <laughs> uh, fairy tale. Yeah. Uh, like we talked about, Lion King is Hamlet. Um, Beauty and the Beast, based off of a and that's the th- and that novel. is the thing about a lot of them them '90s properties, especially, yeah. especially is a lot of them can be reinterpreted by anybody because they are not they can't be owned by just Disney. Yeah. They're like they're 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 uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're um, they don't have they. Um, their copyright they're, doesn't exist. They're in a public domain. Public domain stories. So any company can go and do a yeah, after, adaptation of Little Mermaid. They just can't make it like the animated versions. Yeah, technically. Well, yeah, that's why, you know, 
there were, remember at one point there was two Beauty and the Beast live well, action there was, there was going two on? Little Mermaid movies they were talking there was like yeah. the Disney one and then the one with Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz remember, that was supposed to have remember Del Toro was gonna make a Beauty and the Beast live yeah. action movie and then there was the Pinocchio stuff too oh yeah Pinocchio yeah da- Downey one. was gonna do a Pinocchio movie he was yeah and that and you can do that with all of those things because they're you know, they're public domain. old story, really old stories. Yeah, that, I think after yeah. seventy years or so, something becomes public domain. Yeah, um, straight out, so you can you can read it on the so internet. So that for means free. that means in twenty forty seven, I can redo Star Wars for free. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even attempt it just because Disney's going to be knocking on your door the <laughs> next day. <laughs> like like even if they don't have a case against you. They're still coming at you. <laughs> Dude, it's public domain now. I can do a new hope over. No, you can't. We own you. <laughs> we just bought your likeness. I didn't even know that. I don't was know for if sale. I'll make it that far. Uh, forty knows? more years? Yeah, I could do forty more years. Yeah, who, who really knows? Oh man, what? Uh, this is gonna be. Uh, I don't know. If we should end on this, but my favorite. Um. My well, yeah, my favorite movie of all time is Lord of the Rings. Like I've said many, many times. Yeah, um, that's technically a readaptation because it was already adapted once. It was an in animated the, movie. In the, in the it was an animated movie. It's not a great animated movie. <laughs> it's a ugly, ugly I would say, animated. I would movie. say you can almost. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's what Peter Jackson did. That was a whole. Yeah, it's a whole different game. He did so much more with. But with I'm just what saying, technically, there was an earlier version of quote sure. unquote. Lord of the Rings that was done by Ralph Bakshi who did a lot of interesting stuff in the animated world in the 1970s Fritz the Cat very controversial um, all that kind of stuff but yeah his version of Lord of the Rings actually wasn't the whole story he stopped after like the two towers so yeah, I don't know why they call it Lord of the Rings anywho so it's what it's kind of my favorite readaptation you know fantasy novels are getting their adaptations now and they're probably going to get readapted eventually for example harry potter at one point is the harry potter films going to be remade or quote unquote readapted you know the novels be readapted it's probably going to happen within the next 20 years i would i I would see that probably maybe we'll see unless they keep unless they want to keep expanding the world uh, like they're doing uh, right now and that's what that's what i'm saying is i think they had two paths it was either Keep expanding the world, or eventually reboot the whole thing. And yeah. I don't think the world was ready for a rebooted Harry Potter universe. Um, that's just my opinion on it's, that. It's not. No, I mean. And uh, I was I was looking up statistics where typically, and this is you know based off of you know number crunching and all that nonsense that apparently uh, you know typically every 23 years or so is the time frame where something is remade. You know, some some are a little longer, some are a little less. Um, I would say reboots happen a lot more frequently yeah. than that. I mean, if you just look at it, I mean, horror, the reboots come every now and then, and then there's, then there's failed reboots. A lot of them fail. Um, yeah, like they did a Friday the 13th one back in the yeah. early 2000s. And 2009. It, and it, that was yeah. it. And that was it. Like that was supposed to launch. Or that was supposed to reboot the franchise and send it off into multiple sequels. That went to crap. They did Nightmare on Elm Street. That went. Well, they that did. Went the, they also, if you want to count the Freddy versus Jason thing, it was, a, it was more of a sequel. It's a spinoff. Fan, uh, yeah. You could say 
Right. You know, a, but it's a crossover. I consider a, a crossover. Like, like, yeah, but like Alien versus Predator is a crossover. You know what I mean? It's not. It's it, it, it's not. I guess that's considered a sequel to. Yeah. The Freddy and Jason franchise. Yeah, when sequel reboots and sequels can be close together depending on how hard the reboot is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this is the big one. I remember. It's, I brought this up about a week ago, and I'm still rattling this film around in my brain. This film's been out for a couple of years now. Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Sequel, reboot, soft reboot, hard reboot. What do we? What is it? Other uh, than being I, amazing. It's it's a soft reboot. Okay. I would say. I mean, it, it kind of reintroduces you to the world of Mad Max, but also is kind of showing i mean they hadn't made a mad max movie since the 80s yeah well yeah so, beyond thunderdome yeah beyond the thunderdome raggedy so, I mean, man and you know a new Turner. actor new actors playing the character and you know it kind of the way it's explained is that mad max is somebody that isn't it's kind of like a legend of sorts mm-hmm. so him he doesn't necessarily need to be played by the same actor no he's like, kind of like james bond yeah. you know where yeah. james bond is played by different actors it's about it's about the other people's them. It's like their vision of who Mad Max is more than it is our point of view. Because if you've seen the new Mad Max movie, very much more of a Furiosa movie than it is yeah. necessarily a Mad Max movie. But you know, I mean, well, yeah, now we got Tom Hardy playing him. So. Yeah, he's still, you know, it is the Mad Max character that kind of nomad. It's almost it's Mad Max's world more than it is about the character. Right. And, you know. you know, he's kind of the similar to the same character, kind of, he's got, you know, he's, you know, traveling this post-apocalyptic world, which, you know, is still post-apocalyptic, there's still weird-looking cultures and people and radiated areas, and it's still very similar to the same world of those original three films, and that carries over. So some of that continuity is still there, but yeah. I think a lot of the continuity, maybe when it comes to Mad to Max's backstory, may be discontinued or perhaps not. To be honest, his original backstory, you could still keep that in in this continuity, and it still works fine. It's flexible. It there's yeah. nothing that negates it so far. You know? What yeah, I mean? it's fl- and, it's flexible. The movie was flexi- made in a way where. Anything could be possible. It was very ambiguous. Yeah, I mean, it, it very much so. That we don't get his backstory, so therefore his backstory could still be the same backstory that we got in Mad Max and then the Road Warrior. Yeah. Uh, Beyond Thunderdome may or may not have happened. Who really knows? Not really a big loss. It's not that great of a movie. <laughs> it, it, it's a lot of fun to watch, though, but man, uh, Mad Max just walking in the desert with a bunch of kids a couple of times, it's not It's not great. Yeah. Um, but anywho, so that's that's something that I kind of wanted to talk to Stephen about on air, just to see where he where he lied on that. Where because, I lied, well, I mean, because at, it was different. It's difficult to categorize. Some it of is. It can be, and I think a lot of times it's it's up to your. It's it's an opinion thing, somewhat. I think I I think it's a little bit more. Uh, I think it's easy to 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 nail it down if you really think about it. Um, but right. some people are a little bit more. They want to argue about it, and that, and you know, that's fine. But <laughs> no, yeah. uh, you know, oh, people argue about this. They stuff like all to the argue time. whether something should be rebooted versus not rebooted, and well, you know how you know, we feel. What's we, better? I, we want more original films. I'd rather. Of course, have... I want more original content. But for example, uh, Denis Villeneuve is shooting his Dune movie right now, 
We've already gotten a Dune movie that was done by David Lynch. We got a Dune miniseries. I I don't care if it's I don't I I want to see his version of Dune, even though sure, I, know it's I do. A the thing is, is, is say, it's like I say one thing, but I really don't mind having thing, the, the other thing. The thing is, is it's Denny Villeneuve, and <laughs> yeah, it's, he's, exactly. a, he's an exciting depends. filmmaker. So you're like, eh, okay, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's, I if it was see how just uh, if it was just like Lynn Wiseman, <laughs> if Lynn Wiseman wanted to make Dune, we would be like, uh, I'll, be, I'll uh, watch it eventually, but uh, I'll pass. Uh, and Brian, if Brian Anderson wanted to do, yeah, Dune. but it's like like we said earlier, like uh, you know the Coen brothers are doing Macbeth. I'm like, yeah, man, I've seen a bunch of Macbeth, but the Coens. I haven't doing seen it? the Coen uh, brothers. Macbeth. I haven't seen the Coen brothers do it. I gotta see that. I gotta see what. Yeah, that it's like it's like. like when when Tarantino wanted to do, said he wanted to do a Star Trek thing. And you're like, yeah, I want to see Tarantino's Star yeah, Trek it's, movie. It's the other the other part of me is like, man, those Star Trek movies are not you know they're kind of you know, they're not doing well. The fan base isn't there. Then the kind of it's kind of fading in terms of the you know uh, the big screen versions of it. Yeah, and then you hear Tarantino's doing it. I'll be like, oh, wait a minute, Tarantino's doing it. Yeah, I guess mm, I'll go see. I it. guess I'm interested. <laughs> now. I guess I'm interested now. But getting it, it all depends on. The material, who's doing it, yeah. what their take is on it, you know what I mean? And We're looking for something a little different, you know. We know that certain filmmakers have a certain style, and we hope that they can bring that to it. Um, and you know oh, that yeah. can play that plays a lot into it. So uh, oh, for sure. But uh, yeah, you know, we we decided we just do an episode, kind of giving our our takes on remakes and and re reimaginings, and talk about the semantics of that, and and uh. You know, yeah. Just tell us if you have any opinions on the on the matter. Just uh, leave us a comment. Uh, tell us if we're wrong. Uh, I don't think we are, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> as a little, as a little uh, self confident. Yes, <laughs> I'm very self confident in our interpretations, our adaptations <laughs> of this uh, idea. Subject. Yeah, um, but uh, that will be it for this episode of the Cinema Discovery Project. Right. Uh, where can we find you, Andrew? You can find me on Twitter at Capzilla06 as well as my YouTube channel, Cabzilla Productions. And you can find me on Facebook, Stephen Billings. Also, Instagram, you can find all the goodies that I buy on there uh, for Cinema Discovery Project. Uh, also, on you can find the audio for this on YouTube, uh, Sound, uh, not SoundCloud, Podbean, and Apple Podcasts. That will yeah, be iTunes. it. And yeah. iTunes. Or oh, Apple Podcasts iTunes. Is that the same thing? Yeah, basically yeah, the same thing. Yeah, they, Stephen, I, Apple Podcasts Steve- is... Apple Podcast See, is the fancy term of it. Yeah, yeah. Steven's the tech guy. He, he he's the one who puts all the stuff up there. I'm yeah, just the talent. Yeah. The you talent. just yeah, he's just the talent. Yeah, um, and that will be it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and hey, keep on watching the movies. I know I will. <laughs> <laughs>